There's no basketball on today, but that doesn't mean that we can't do things for our fantasy basketball team. We're here to look at the waiver wire along with Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and guys, girls, it's party time. Get up here. The view's magnificent. You'll bar up. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That is $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Let's talk waiver wire. Hopefully you won in week six. I did in the majority of leagues. Uh, Not all of them, but in the majority. Uh, and hopefully week seven is going to be good. I don't think it's going to be good for me. I don't think my schedule is going to work out well enough. I don't think I've got enough guys that I'm keen on streaming. And I feel like I'm going to punt the week in a lot of weeks, which is something you just got to decide to do. It might actually be my first loss in industry pickup because I'm just not willing to move on from a lot of guys. But we'll see. We'll see how the week pans out. We're looking at the waiver wire as a general rule. I'm not going to do a daily look ahead show today. We covered a lot of the streaming stuff in yesterday's week seven preview show, just to talk about which guys we're going to target on Monday. So we've done that already. And there is so few options with only four games on tightened rotations in a knockout series. I don't think that I'm, well, I'm just not, I'm going to have the day off and do a few other different things today. So yeah, good luck to me. But um, you got, we got the recap show yesterday with all 12 games on and today we're looking at a waiver wire show. So we might as well just um, we might as well bang in here and just get straight into looking at the actual waiver wire details. And we're going to go through some top 100 players projected by me. Your projections might be different. This is my projected top 100 players who are available in over 20% of leagues. One of them, the first one is Herbalife Jones. He is 74% rostered. He has taken his game to new levels this season. I'm still somewhat skeptical in some of the areas. Some of his shooting numbers, some of his defensive stats, especially his blocks, they're very high. But he's a very good defender. I'm not... I'm not massively, massively worried about the return of Trey Murphy. I do think that probably caps a little bit of Herb's upside, but I'm not that worried about it. Now, in a points league, I don't think Herb is necessarily a must-roster guy. He's fine, but he's not must-roster. I do think in category leagues, you don't want this guy on the wire. He shouldn't be your worst player that you're looking to move on from to grab somebody else. So Herb Jones is available in 26% of leagues, and that's just people asleep at the wheel. Two new names on this list, not because they've just become must roster, but because people have been dropping them. And that is, I think, even more important to talk about. And that is Zach Collins and Keegan Murray, both available in 21% of leagues. It has not been the best run for Murray all season. It has not been the best run for Zach of recent times. But I just don't see a scenario, unless you're in an eight-team league, and I know there are some of you in there. I just can't cater to eight-team leagues on this show. Like It's just so too hard to do with too much broad. In an eight-team league, your waiver wire is jacked full of so many good players. Whatever waiver decision you make, it doesn't really matter. Honestly, you just cycle through it. That's how you do it. And that's why I don't cover them as much. Anyway, in a 10, 
Murray and Collins should be rostered. And in particular, you might be disappointed with Keegan Murray's production. Fine. He's actually not that far off what I was expecting because I am on the on the negative side of optimism of Keegan Murray in that I don't think he's as good as other people do. And that's whatever, right? But they play on Monday and there's only three other teams that do. And there's only 20 starters that play on Monday and he's one of them. So you can't be leaving him on the waiver wire just for Monday alone. So I don't care what you think of him rest of season. You've got to have him. He's got to be rostered, Keegan Murray. Has to be, without any question whatsoever. So, if Keegan Murray was dropped and is available in 21% of leagues, you add him, reassess your life after Monday if you want, but you add him. It's just an absolute guaranteed no-brainer. It should not exist this way. As for Collins, it's been some rocky. It's been some rocky rides for him. He hasn't shot the three ball very well, but I, I don't really think they're in any sort of hurry to move uh, Wembenyama across the center. We saw my man, Goldfinger Charlie Bassey, put up a good game last time with Wembenyama out, but I don't think there's any real change in what Collins is doing. Sometimes we just got to have some patience. I think he started this season off as a top fifty player for a little stretch, but whatever. He just is must roster, and that's I think that's clear too. Um, Bud Heald, much like Keegan Murray, even if you're disappointed with Buddy Heald's last game, fair enough, where well, he didn't really score that much, he played 24 minutes. It does not matter. They play on Monday. He is starting. He is limited in his overall categorical contributions. We know this. But if he starts, the difference between him starting and coming off the bench is him starting means the minutes range is like 25 to 31. Him coming off the bench, the minutes range is like 20 to 26. It, you always push that forward. So if he was off the bench... I wouldn't bother with him being must roster outside of Monday only. But him starting, this gives him that three to four minute extra leg up, a little bit of extra higher minutes upside, which means he must a must roster player. And he plays on Monday. This is not this is not difficult to uh, ascertain. D'Anthony Melton sits at 76% still. Look, in a points league, he's still iffy to me. I would still 100% roster him in 12-team points leagues, but he's not as like, what are you doing? Why is he on the waiver wire in that scenario? But in category leagues, what more do you need to see? If he's available in your category league, and surely nobody's in this boat watching this show, but what are we doing here? He has to be on a roster. The last one is Cobert White. Now, sometimes in life, um, you know, Jesus throws his toughest soldiers, his hardest challenges, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, and it was tough to go through some of the Kobe White nonsense to begin the season. But my stance maintained. And if there's one thing you can say about me, we can say two things, devilishly handsome. And number two is that when I say something, I do have a certain, I don't know, I, I wish I had re- rehearsed what I was going to say here. Um, what I say is I, I stick to it. What I say is, a starting point guard getting 30 minutes a night with usage upside who can score hit threes and get free throw percentage whose role looks relatively secure, I'm going to hold him and I'm not going to drop him because they're shooting 30%. That's a general rule that I have. And I have said that time and time again. Shout out to Keontae George. We have to give it time. And here we are. Now, Kobe White, like I talked about yesterday, his value is clearly elevated because Zach Levine is out. But even before Levine went out, White was playing better. He's played 40 minutes in the last two games. And who thinks Levine's going to be on this team rest of season? Not me. Kobe White available in 34% of leagues. If you're in any league with me, that would be the case nowhere, clearly. he was. I was drafting him around 100, 110. And I've never dropped him. And he has been dropped. Going at him. 
It won't stay this way, I don't think. But it doesn't matter. We go and add old mate Cobert White. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Case and Jace Medical. We come here and we talk about fantasy basketball and our silly game and all that sort of stuff. But sometimes there are things that happen in life that are more important. There's not many, but one of them might be the health of you and your family. And with so many drug supply chain issues, like one of the medications that I take, it's like, oh, yeah, it might be back in stock in April 2024. Really? Really? But with Jace, you can help to insulate yourself from those sort of issues. Things like antibiotics, amoxicillin, there's some supply chain issues with this stuff. And with bacterial infections always rising in colder months, having antibiotics at home can be useful. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs called urinary tract infections, respiratory infections, sinus respiratory tract infections, which can often also be called URTIs. There you go. Didn't know that, did you? Or maybe you did. Sinusitis, which is a respiratory tract infection. Skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. So go to jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. That sounds so cool. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost, a physician encounter. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. All right, what are we going to do now? We're going to look at the droppable booze. Booze, my booze. Okay, I don't know what's going on. It's a uh, day where I am uh, tired and it's also early and I don't know how my words are working, but that doesn't matter because I've got only four names on the droppable list. And they're names that have appeared here before, but one of them is, I think, a new one for this week. We've got Andy Wiggins, who's 70% rostered. I know there's been signs of life, but he just slammed his finger in a car door, mate. Like, how do I trust this guy? I don't know. That's a joke. British production is also a joke. I just don't think you're missing out on enough to have Wiggins as a must-roster player. Now, in points leagues, his value does push inside the top 150, and I'm totally okay with holding him. I'm okay with holding him in category leagues, to be honest. But an honest appraisal of my roster, unless it includes somebody like Grant Williams, Andrew, sorry for the stray Grant, Andrew Wiggins is your worst player, and you move on. Ron Barrett is the new name on this list. 79% rostered. As the legendary Dennis Green says, or said, because I think he's dead, RIP. He is, to paraphrase, he is who we thought he was. Yeah, he shot 50% from three for two weeks. But he's the same person who scores and gets average rebounds, low assists, low steals, low blocks, low threes, bad field goals. And to be fair, his free throws have improved. And now he's losing minutes. I wouldn't want to torture myself with that nonsense on my team. He is an unbelievably clear category drop. Points leagues, again, you probably can hold. But he's losing minutes. They're giving him to Hart. They're giving him to DiVincenzo. Barrett struggling. Move on. The next one is the same. Well, it's not the same because it's a different person, but it's the same scenario. Russell Westbrook. In a points league, whatever. Hold him. But in a category league, I don't care. Move on. Drop him. We have seen the volatility in minutes. I know there are going to be the Westbrook stands where, man, that's the worst advice. How can you possibly suggest that? There's no way. No way. But, yes, one of those guys might get injured. True. That's 100% true. Westbrook might be able to fill in for Harden or Kawhi or Paul George. In fact, the likelihood of those guys getting injured is relatively high. But in a standard fantasy league, a standard category league, 
Holding guys as injury replacements is a losing proposition. Westbrook's minutes, it's not like he's playing 30 a night and then we'll bump to 35 on when they get injured. It's not what's happening. He plays 18 or 22. He hurts your field goals and free throws, doesn't hit threes, gets steals, gets blocks. That's all down at the moment. His usage is down. It just actively hurts your team waiting for something to happen that when he even does happen, he still comes in and still hurts your percentages and still provides low volume threes and he's still not a great fantasy guy anyway. It's name recognition here. It's Westbrook stands. It's Westbrook's better than Curry. It's Westbrook's a top five point guard all time, people. If that's you, hello, how's it going? Enjoy the show. Give it a thumbs up or a down, whatever you do. I don't mind. He's just not worth holding in a 12-10 category league, in my opinion. Again, this is all my opinion. I try and lay out why I think it is. But if you just completely evaluate guys differently, good for you. That's totally reasonable. Do it. But I just don't think, if you if you were to ever send a roster and I saw it, and you said, hey, what do you think? And Westbrook was on. I go, drop him. What are you doing? That would be my thought. But it might not be yours. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, I do think, is a category league droppable player. But I want to more focus on that if you're holding him in a points league, just stop doing that. There's no need to hold Contavious Caldwell-Pope in a 12-team points league. He's just not going to do it. In a category league, his value comes from hitting some threes. It's from getting steals. It's a lot of all over the place stuff. But I guess there is consistency in his minutes. So that's a good thing. But in a points league, streaming through the waiver wire and KCP is way more important, way more impactful. You don't need to hold him in a points league. And in category leagues, again, if I had KCP and I had Wiggins, I would drop Wiggins before KCP, but KCP would be next on the chopping block. So he's fine. He's not. He's very, very back end. And yeah, I think that's it. Look, and I think the reason we've only got the four names here is because a lot of the other names we've been talking about, looking at you, Elf Stewart, have been dropped now. They're down under the 60% cutoff. So people have listened and realized. And the next thing we need to do is get Monty Williams to tune into this show. So I can tell him, Monty, can you stop it with Beef Stew? Can you stop stay starting this bloke? Surely, please, at some point, we get common sense. Maybe, who knows? Never, I don't know. Let's look at the most added players over the last 48 hours. Number one is Obert Toppen put up really good numbers last time out. Now, the thing here with Toppin is he blocked four shots in that game out of nowhere. He's playing backup center with Jalen Smith out. That is all fantastic for his value. He plays in an in-season tournament game on Monday. I couldn't be more bricked up talking about that possibility. The problem here is, is he did suffer an injury in the game on Saturday. I don't think it's going to be a problem, but we never know. Toppin is a great ad. Fantastic ad for now. Killian Hayes is up and... I get conflicted talking about Killian Hayes because in recent memory, you, you you may be surprised at this. I, I make I make mistakes. In fact, I make quite a lot of them. It happens a lot. But when evaluating the 2020 draft class, I had some hits. I said, do not take James Wiseman in the top three. Disgusting idea. And Yekara Kongu is a better center. That's a big thumbs up. I also had Anthony Edwards at number four. That's a big thumbs down. I had Devin Vassell, I think, number seven. That's a big thumbs up. But unfortunately, I had Killian Hayes at number two which is a disastrous evaluation, right? Disastrous. So I'm always really cautious every time Killian does something good that I don't go, see, look how good he is. Yeah, look, let's fire up because I feel like I take my priors too much into it. And then I see him suck and I go, well, what are they doing? Get rid of him. Like, just put me out of my misery. Get him out of here. And now he's back starting. And the lineup with him and Cade and Ivy looked all right. And his passing has always been pretty good. His defense has always been very good. It's been the offensive stuff. And now the offensive stuff looks okay. And he's got big minutes. I don't know whether it holds. Somebody, I guess, is coming off the bench. 
when Bogdanovich starts, which I think will probably be very soon. And knowing the Pistons, it won't be the guy that it should be. It's probably going to be Ivy or Hayes. So I don't really know where to go with this. No problem adding him. He does have a good fantasy game. If the shots fall and he hits 43%, we're talking some threes, some assists, some okay rebounds, some good steals. That's really, really useful. And one thing I talked about him a lot in the early part of the season was you could treat him like a waiver-wire Ricky Rubio type, an assists and steals strong option. And in 30 minutes, he's more than that. I've got no problem adding him, but again, he's on high-volume days this week because, shockingly, the Pistons didn't qualify for the knockout stage of the in-season tournament. But this could go tits up really quickly. And that makes it that makes it hard to feel super confident in it, especially with my history with Killian Hayes. Jeremy Sohan is up 13%. That is on the back, I'm guessing, of his big game on Thursday. He did struggle a little bit on Friday, but he's not quite Kobe White territory, but a starting point guard playing 30 minutes a night, who is actually shooting 37% from three or 36% from three, and seems to have the full backing of the organization. That's not easy to find off the waiver wire. I know he's had some ups and downs 100%, and in a 10-team league, he's not, I wouldn't worry about it. But I do think he probably should be on a 12-team roster. And no matter what you think, no matter what on-offs you put out there, no matter what you think of Trey Jones, Trey Jones is not a future starting point guard, and the Spurs don't think he's a future point guard. So whether you think he is or not, it doesn't actually matter because they don't think it, and they're not going to make this switch at any point soon. The next three ones are the top three added players on Yahoo, and one of them, or the top one is Sam Hauser, plus 1,200 teams because he plays on Monday. Just get any Celtics guy you think will be in the rotation, and that's why the third guy on this list is Peyton Pritchard. Pritchard might literally play 10 minutes, but as we know, because we all went to school, uh, well, I hope, well, sorry, if you didn't go to school, apologies. 10 minutes is more than zero minutes. That's what education might tell us. So if you get any minutes from any player on Monday, it is better than zero minutes, unless it's Tony Snell you get something out of it. So find a rotation player, like Neesmith, Toppin, better options. But Pritchard, Hauser, Horford. Cornette, if Puzingas is out. Maybe Cater. The other one added there a lot on Yahoo is Dennis Smith Jr., who put up a monster last game. And with um, Ben Simmons out for the foreseeable future, Smith moves into that Killian Hayes role of being, hey, he's a really excellent assistant steel streamer off my waiver wire. I wouldn't have thought he'd be a gigantic priority, to be added, to be honest, given the fact that they play Wednesday, Friday, you won't use him, and I'd, he's not that high a priority, so that seems a weird use of ads, but he's at least on our ad radar. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. The weather is beautiful and sunny here, but for all of you people in the north northern hemisphere, it's cold, but at least FanDuel's got the offers to keep you warm. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Those bonus bets, oh, how good would they be? Because you have them sitting in your account, you can look at your parlays. You can look at totals. You can look at sides. You can look at money lines, player props, and of course, futures. Do you think that the Boston Celtics deserve to be the favorite for the NBA's in-season tournament? Because that, the last time I looked, and I'm going to look now, that is how FanDuel had them priced. The in-season tournament favorite is the Celtics just barely ahead of the Milwaukee Bucks. So you can check that out all over at FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and get ready to culminate to culminate the NBA's in-season tournament. FanDuel's also an official partner of the NFL, and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay, 
Let's bring this bad boy home by looking at the most dropped players. Now, number one is Jaden Ivey. I will have a bit more patience. I know it's frustrating. I know it's frustrating to see him play well, get benched, play 12 minutes, come back and start, get seven shots while Isaiah Stewart's doing whatever Isaiah Stewart does. But I'm still going to have a level of faith that at some point, common sense wins out. I'm not saying that Jaden Ivey doesn't necessarily need to be dropped, but that is a big, big drop in 23% of leagues, and I wouldn't have made that move. Now, again, if you are absolutely striving to get a victory this week, he is almost definitely your worst player, and streaming in guys might make more sense for you. I, I just think there's a little bit more patience. Like, we saw him bench, and then one game later, was starting. How the role evolves, I, I don't know. Gogo Badadze down 20%. People are very fickle, aren't they? From hearing the cacophony of sounds of Goga's going to start over Wendell Carter to him having a game where he scores six points and everyone drops him. <laughs> Wild. But again, my thoughts on him have maintained that he's been solid enough. He's fine to stream in now, but he's likely going to go back to third string. If you want to drop him, no problem. I don't know. Wendell's not back this week, but moving on from Goga to get stream options in because of this weird week, fine. Same with Karis Levert, who's down 19%. He's struggling. His production's down. He's your worst player. You drop him. Derek Rose, one of the biggest drops over on Yahoo. Um, started one game, was all right. Well, started two games, actually. was okay. Rested the second one, and they started uh, Jalen Noel because they're in uh, really in the mud in Memphis. Rose is nothing more than a streamer, and that is it. But I am a little disheartened to see the second name on this list being Jordan Hawkins. Down 1,700 ads. And I am not here to tell you that Jordan Hawkins played well. I'm not here to tell you that Jordan Hawkins is a 12-team guy because he 100% isn't. But they literally play tomorrow. And there are no, there's nobody that plays tomorrow. Now, there is a chance that with CJ and Trey Murphy returning to the lineup tomorrow, that Hawkins plays 10 minutes. There's a chance he plays five minutes. Honestly, there's a chance he plays zero minutes. That is possible. But what else are you adding? Like, who else are you adding from that day to drop Jordan Hawkins? 10 minutes is more than zero. Zero is not more than zero, but 10 is. That is dumbfounding to me. The next one there is the cashier himself, Xavier Tillman, senior. Why did so many people have him? I guess they had him stashed in IL. Yeah, I do think he is going to take that job back off Biombo so you can drop Biombo, but I just didn't think that many people would have had Tillman. I agree with dropping him. There might be a stage where we re-add him later on, but you know, at this point, it's... Yeah, just it's a little surprising to me that he was in an, uh, rostered in enough leagues to be dropped in enough leagues. Let's talk about some players who are performing really well at the moment. Royce O'Neal, twenty percent rostered. He's a weird one, Royce. The worst two point percentage you'll ever see, but he's really upped his assist rate. And with Simmons out, it does help keep O'Neal's value high. Now, is he a must roster guy? A hundred percent. No, God no. Right, but he's a good streamer. He's a good streamer. While Simmons is out, which I fear might be the rest of twenty twenty three. And he's going to be on and off rosters. But he's on a nice little hot streak. The next two guys, the Leaky brothers, Malik Monk and Malik Beasley, I put them on here just to mention them, but 44% available Monk, 50% available Beasley. That's ridiculous. These are absolute must-roster players. The Kings play tomorrow. Why is, why is he not rostered? What on earth is going on? Please add Leaky Monk. Leaky Beasley... He's flying at a top 40 level. Big minutes. 40 minutes last game. Big threes. Big steals. It could all come off easily. But Middleton's limited. 
Crowder is out. Connaughton is out. The Bucks play Tuesday. Absolute no-brainer ads. No-brainer whatsoever. My man, Derek Lively. He's not really my man, but he sort of is because people still have not caught on. He is not going to play, what did he play, like 40 minutes or something in the game yesterday? A lot of minutes. He's not going to do that every game. But the fact that he did and the fact that in 25 minutes he's doing enough anyway means that he needs to be rostered in every single league. We featured him on the Daily Look Ahead thumbnail a couple of days ago. Talking about, what, why, are you, why is he not rostered? Let's do it again. I'm not going to put him on the thumbnail. Maybe I will. No, I won't. But at him, what are you doing? Derek Lively, please. Aaron Neesmith is a top 100 player over the last uh, week. And guess when he plays? It's tomorrow. 9% rostered for Neesmith. He should be rostered in way more, even if it's just for Monday. He's going to play good minutes. He's going to get some steals. He'll shoot all right. I don't think he's a long-term guy, but he has to be rostered. And the last one is the depressed penis, Sadiq Bay. I still maintain that he is better than DeAndre Hunter for fantasy. And I think he has proven that so far. With Jalen Johnson out, he should be on a roster. Now, is it worth holding Sadiq Bay to forego streaming spots for Week 7? He's probably not good enough there. But is he actually your worst player? He probably is. But that's a decision you make. I don't think he's good enough otherwise. But yeah, he's uh, he's pretty useful. Got two more lists to go, 12 more names to go. Let's look at some injury replacements and go to Chicago because Io Dosumu is 4% rostered. If Zach Levine remains out, Dosumu's minutes are going to push up. Now, I haven't included Patrick Williams on this list, but he should be rostered. Let's just get... I should have mentioned that earlier. Patrick Williams should be rostered. Dosumu has stepped up with 30 minutes in each of the last two games. And guess what? Alex Caruso hurt his toe. Oh, my what? No, you heard me correctly. Alex Caruso got injured. So Dosumu's going to get good minutes. Now, historically, Dosumu has been, Dosumu has been a horrible permanent fantasy producer. The thing is, he actually might get enough minutes for this to make sense. He might play 36 minutes a night for a week. And that's enough. That is enough to be on the radar. Again, the schedule works against him, and he's not someone I necessarily want to sit on. But I do want to pay attention. Go to Golden State. Let's talk Brandon Pajemski, who's 3% rostered, who played a ton of minutes last game. Now, with Paul and Wiggins out, that obviously impacts what Pajemski does. But every time Pajemski plays, he looks good. The problem is is that Steve Kerr, as good as a coach as he has been, has been pretty bad, I think, this season. And his deference to veterans who underperform his young players is actively hurting his team. And I don't actually think he's going to change his mind that much. So while it looks promising that Pajemski played well, they play Wednesday, Friday, because they're bad. They have their um, struggles with Paul and Wiggins returning. And I'm just not sure Pods plays enough. But if they do remain out, he will be usable. Vince Williams Jr. Who does he play for? I know, do you? Who did he play for? VCU. There you go. Two-way guy for the Grizzlies. He just does things that are good. And that doesn't always translate to fantasy, but with a team that is banged up as they are, who are relying upon spuds like David Roddy and Santi Aldama, who's not really a spud, but you know he sort of is, with Canard and LaRavia and Morant and Smart and... Adams and all these blokes out. Williams is playing good minutes. Again, bad schedule. A name to watch. If these injuries persist, which I think they will, Williams is someone to pay attention to. Let's go to Miami, though. Jaime Hakez, I just throw the name out there. He didn't play particularly well last game, but he has been playing at a high level. I'm still relatively skeptical of how he does it when Hero returns. In fact, I don't think he can do it. But while Hero is out, we go with him. And the other one in Miami, 1% rostered, Orlando Robinson. 
Finally, Spolstra listened and played him over Tom Bryant, and it worked out. Could not have seen that coming. That is one of the biggest surprises I've ever seen. Thomas Bryant, bad. Orlando Robinson, good. Wow, okay. If only. Um, but if Bam remains out, I think Orlando, if Bam is out on Wednesday, which I believe he probably is, if Bam is out, Robinson actually will be in your active starting lineup. And that makes him useful. And the last one there is Nikhil Alexander-Walker replacing um, both Jada McDaniels and Anthony Edwards. We saw the good, which was great, but we saw the bad, which is common. So Alexander-Walker's fine. You can try him out. He's more consistent in terms of minutes than Troy Brown or Kyle Anderson, but I wouldn't say that he's necessarily a must-roster guy. And then I've got six other names that I want to regale you with. Number one is Benedict Matherin, who has been a very clear drop because he has been bad. But you know what I'm going to say? The Pacers play on Monday and Matherin is available. So please just add him and then we'll reassess it. Jared Vanderbilt, Jared Vanderbilt by 14% rostered, back in action. I do not, for the life of me, believe that Vanderbilt is a 12-team league player this season. People have been holding him, stashing him, pre-stashing him, adding him. Like, what, are you, what are you doing? I, I don't get that. But what I do get is they play Tuesday on a low-volume day, and he's in the rotation, so you roster him. He's going to kill the value of Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood. Their rotation is still a complete mess with Max Christie, Austin Reeves, Cam Reddish, all thieving minutes from each other. So it's still a mess, but Vanderbilt is worth looking at. Moses Moody, 6% rostered. Could you argue? Could you argue he's as good as Clay Thompson at the moment? (laughs) I know, that's spicy. He probably isn't, but he does need to play more. I'm not adding him at this point, but I'm keeping a very close eye on what's happening with Moses Moody because he started the last couple in place of Wiggins, and I think he's been okay. Isaiah Joe, 17% rostered. Giddy's minutes continue to drop. Joe and Kaysen Wallace push into those minutes. Joe is an unbelievably excellent three-point streamer. Provides value for that. I won't say he's must-roster because he isn't, but there's enough there that for us to pay attention to. When you're looking for blocks and somebody who plays on Monday, Isaiah Jackson. Now, he might only get 10 minutes because they've been playing top in at center. But if they do want to go to a higher um, shot-blocking center, if they do run into a situation where Miles Turner's in foul trouble, then Jackson could have five blocks in 15 minutes. Gives us some Monday streaming. And the last name I want to talk about is Sterling Henderson because Scoot is rostered in 50% of leagues. And you know my thought on this. Rookies, point guards, they suck. But get ahead. Just add him now. I would absolutely eat this week of maybe poor production and a bad week of games because Scoot is figuring it out. He looks better. The minutes are still low. This is a longer-term investment. If he's available, and he is in 50% of leagues, which is not 50% of my listeners. It's maybe 20% of my listeners. Maybe 30. I would add him, and I would just wait for it because it... Sometimes we've just you know, don't wait for the game where Scoot has thirty and ten, because everyone will rush and you'll have to give up too much fab, whatever. We're we're try we always try to get a little bit ahead of it, just watching where things are going, and we did that with Kobe White, obviously. We did that with Keontae George. We miss on plenty of them, but this one I think is one we want to get ahead of. So if he is available, go and grab him, and that will do it for me today, looking at the fantasy basketball waiver wire. Hopefully you guys have a good day with no NBA on. Hopefully your NFL team wins. Hopefully you get your fantasy basketball team under control for today. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And on YouTube, we are like 800 people away from 70K subscribers. So if you're one of the 800 people, go and hit it. Get us up to 70K. That would be sick if you could do it. Thumbs up, comments, all that stuff. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.